Welcome to the Homegrown Podcast, the place where we share the truth about food and farming from our kitchen to yours. I'm your host, Liz Hazelmeyer, along with my husband, Joey. Good morning. And together we hope to inspire, educate, and equip you in your pursuit of true nourishment, because nourishment is indeed a journey. Today, we're going to be talking about a picture of a day in the life of a nourished fam, meaning what we actually eat. Uh, This podcast covers so many broad topics of food and farming and agriculture. And I love that. And that's exactly what we designed it to be. But sometimes people need to dial in a little bit. And it's helpful to actually say, no, 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 what do you actually eat in the morning? And what does your structure look like? And how do you make sure you get dinner out on time and um, navigate the rest of your daily life? And so today we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be looking at exactly what we eat. Um, I'm going to walk through sort of my ideal day days where I feel like I hit my nourishment goals and my um, activity goals. And I think Joey's going to do the same thing because we we honestly have different goals in mind. We eat a little bit differently and that's okay. And so I'm excited to share that. I hope this is a really quick, practical episode for folks who are just like, I need an idea of what it actually looks like to eat this way. And, you know, we talk about real food and what that is in a high level lens, but let's actually get into it. And we're claiming to be in this moment, the, you know, quote unquote, nourished yeah, <laughs> family. Yeah, well, I can confidently say we are a yeah, nourished no, family because we too. work yeah. really hard at that. No, I'm good. It's good. I think our kids show that. I think there's also times where, goodness gracious, we fall far from our nourishment goal. I'm only laughing and, and saying that in a, in a spicy kind of way because there are so many days where we mess up, mm-hmm. right? And I think... If anyone were to walk away from this podcast, I want them to hear us say, man, there are so many days that aren't the ideal day. And it's it's almost like painting and writing out what that ideal day is and having something to strive for that helps us get there. And so we want, like you can use this as like a template if you want to kind of yeah. scribble in your own notes. Mm-hmm. But I would encourage people to truly think through what does it look like to be nourished? Like what does it look like for me to do it? And think it, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes effort. And that's the hard part, right? Is that it's not like I wake up in the morning and I naturally am just really like dying for, you know, I don't know, I guess, I guess I don't really wake up in the morning and I really want anything, but <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not rolling into lunchtime and just dying to go to the grocery store and pick out groceries that I can come back to the office and cook from scratch. It'd be much more convenient for me to pick up like fried chicken from a, you know, fast food restaurant. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't do that. So yeah, right on. Let's get into this. Let's start with yours. Let's start with your, you know, ideal, let's start with your ideal day. What time are you waking up and, uh, what, what are you starting your day with? Yeah. So my, my favorite days, and I'll just go off of previously lived days. This isn't some like imagined, you know, perfect routine I want to nail because if there's any perfectionists listening to this, this is going to get a little squirrely and they're going to get antsy about like, I used to fall into that trap of like, oh my gosh, I have to get like the perfect food day. That's not what this episode is. This episode is just modeling what it has looked like for us in days where we feel really good mm-hmm. and based off of things that we understand about our food. Um, so that's, it's just pure life experience. So my favorite days are the days where I have gone to bed early, early enough, like 1030 is kind of the perfect window for us. Mm. We get our kids to bed a little bit later. They typically go to bed around like nine, eight forty-five, nine. although it's not always the case. Um, but then hopefully I'm in bed by 1030 and I can wake up at 5am feeling 
refreshed and ready to go. Mm-hmm. I like that because you are a person who has to often leave for work very early, like 6.45, 7 a.m. on days where you open your office. And so I like having time um, because we all know time in the evening is really difficult with kids. And I like just having quiet space in the house. So I really enjoy waking up at 5, five o'clock in the morning Hopefully, I'm eating within the first 30 minutes of my day. I honestly typically wake up hungry, though. So one thing I've been doing recently as I've been working out a lot more and I tend to wake up sore with Mm. sore muscles and feeling like, oh, man, like I'm excited because I know I'm building muscle, but Mm -hmm. I also need some agility. So I typically go for a morning walk. Mm. And I know that it's like three paces around our street, which is very short. And at 5 a.m., it's dark, right? You're walking in the dark. Yeah, yeah. And I guess lately, I've been waking up a little bit later, probably around 7 a.m. So the sun's just coming up. But like I said, my ideal time in the summertime is when we wake up at 5. Got it. Obviously, winter is going to be a little different. Um, But yeah, when I come in from that walk, I mean, my stomach is growling. I'm definitely hungry. My body's kind of woken up a little bit. I've gotten that fresh air. Um, If the sun is starting to come out, right, then it's like getting into my eyeballs, getting morning sun. No matter what season, when the sun first comes up or within the first hour of waking is really important for me. It, it, I just notice the days where I don't get that. Mm-hmm. Days where I'm like, oh, I've been up for three hours. I've been inside the entire time. Even in the wintertime, I bundle up in a blanket and I just sit out on the front porch. I watch the kids walk up and go to school. Not our kids, but <laughs> the neighborhood kids. I watch them go to the school bus and get on. And um, I'm just that weird lady who sits out on the front porch. So... Waking up early, getting my morning food in within 30 minutes of waking up. What are you eating? I'm typically eating, honestly, really quick, easy things. I love our raw yogurt from the farm because it's a source of carbohydrate, a little source of protein. Um, and it's honestly, I just pour it into a bowl and because it's pourable. It's very mm-hmm. thin and just eat that maybe maybe a hard boiled egg if I'm like really in my best rhythms and I already have some in the fridge. I'm not going to make them from scratch at at 530 in the morning, but um, that's my go-to. And then, uh, you know, you and I hang out for a little bit. We both do our own reading. We both do our own, you know, maybe I'd be talking about different things. You go to work and around 930 is where I'm like getting hungry again, around maybe nine o'clock. And our kids will start waking up. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I'm... So this breakfast, hold on. You're just like speeding here. Sorry. It's okay. You're, this breakfast is like, to, to, to start off, you're waking up in the morning. You just feel hungry. You just need something so that you don't feel hungry. Yeah. Okay. And I don't want to cook at 530 in the morning. One, I don't want to wake our kids up. And two, I just... It's a lot. So it's a cold breakfast. It's a cold breakfast almost always at 5.30 in the morning. And it's typically just high protein of some capacity. Yes. Or like something that has protein in it. Because I guess yogurt's not like high protein. Yeah, regular. I mean, Greek yogurt would be higher in protein. But regular, you know, raw yogurt's not going to have a ton of protein. So you're getting some, a little bit of protein in. A little bit of carb. A little bit of carbon. Yeah, there's and some sugar. And if I recall, you've, this has also been something that you've done also intentionally because you like to drink coffee, right? Yeah. So when I um, started learning about the metabolism, I took Corey Malloy's course and she really talked about the importance of eating within 30 minutes of waking up and making sure that you don't drink coffee on an empty stomach. And I I actually learned that from Jessica Ash Wellness as well, two kind of accounts that talk about the metabolism and 
that was something I used to wake up and just drink black coffee right off Mm. the rip and just be like, this is what wakes me up in the morning. Mm. Pair that information with then you and I listening to Andrew Huberman, who's an American neuroscience with just neuroscientist with crazy, um, generous uh, knowledge on his podcast and podcast interviews. Mm -hmm. Then I started to learn like, hey, if we postpone coffee consumption till at least an hour, maybe hour and a half, two hours, ideally, Mm -hmm. um, then we don't interfere with our body's natural uh, peak of cortisol. So it's not peaking prematurely, and then it won't crash earlier in the day. So Mm -hmm. I, I sort of picked these pieces up from other people. And then they all kind of Um, confirmed each other and that's how I've thought about my morning routine it's like okay I know in the morning I want to kickstart my metabolism I know I don't want to have coffee which is going to rev up my engine without having anything in my stomach I just fasted for like 10-12 hours when I was sleeping and as a woman I used to do the intermittent fasting thing but as someone who's like in her fertile years it just it's not the best thing for me personally and um, so I'm trying to bring in those principles, those understandings, those learnings I've learned from other people and make them work for me. So what that means is I'm not cooking this big giant breakfast at 5:30, but I'm at least getting in a little bit of something. Okay, so we're having a cold breakfast like as soon as almost as soon as we wake up, like after within the first 30 minutes of waking right. up. Right. Mm-hmm. And your kind of go-to items, right? Are like it's, you know, you're you're thinking about this particular meal and you're planning for it yeah it used to be a hard boiled two hard boiled eggs or one hard boiled egg and a glass of um organic orange juice okay so orange juice you like to have orange juice on hand for this this cold breakfast i'm gonna call it protein carb that was my go-to and then you've got hard boiled eggs you've got yogurt anything else that you're that you're that you're eating in the early morning like that Mm, no i mean that's pretty much it i make sure i have those things stocked and I, I go through phases. I might, I might so you be. might like something else here in the future, but you know, what would be some theoretical items that you feel like you could be interested in in the future? Like I would eat a beef stick. Oh, okay. Our, our beef sticks that we have. Something that's either high protein, high fat. Um, I'm not going to start my day off with like a slice of sourdough bread. Mm. Um, I know for me personally, I can feel that, especially when I don't pair it with protein or fat, I can feel that blood sugar spike mm-hmm. happening. Even with beautiful, you know, long fermented sourdough which is supposed to have a better like glycemic index um i still feel that so i i try not to do that i really stick with a fermented dairy of some kind sometimes it's been like chug a glass of raw milk if i'm totally honest Mm. because there's a little bit of protein in that there's a little Mm -hmm. bit of carb from the lactose i know sometimes we we were doing the protein shake right yeah that's another great thing so you'll make that in the morning sometimes yeah Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay or like Honestly, I've I've frozen, frozen, frozen several portions of that. Mm. If I just take that out and sit on the counter within mm. fifteen minutes, it's like ready to eat with a spoon, it's, and it tastes great. So, nice. yeah, those are the quick items I'm grabbing from the fridge or freezer, and that's what I'm eating first thing. Okay, and so we're going throughout our day, and you, the girls wake up, and in, a, in, a, in an ideal day, right? The girls are waking up at like eight thirty, nine o'clock. Yeah, which again, we're talking ideal day here. And at that point is kind of when you're entering into a phase of your hot breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I really like to offer them a hot breakfast when they come down. The reason why they sleep in so late is because we just hop in. We, we're just a later family. Like our kids go to bed around 9, 9.30 sometimes. Um, so they sleep in 8.39. And um, 
yeah, I, I like to have a breakfast protein, either sausage or bacon. And most of my kids don't eat eggs. Yesterday, actually, Ray ate a full fried egg with a fork and knife. And it was... Why don't our kids eat eggs? I don't know. Ruthie just... She's six, and it's just a six-year-old thing, I've noticed. It's so annoying. But... Sophie was like on an egg kick for a while where she would cook up her own eggs. She'll still do that sometimes. Sometimes I'll see her cook an egg. I think she just wants to cook the egg, and she doesn't actually eat it. She doesn't eat the yolk, which makes me so mad. Um, Like, it'll be too runny, and I'm like, you gotta cook it better. So, I personally like a runny yolk. Anyways... She is back and forth. I make sure I always offer her. If I'm cooking eggs, I offer. Do you want an egg, yeah. Sophie? She'll tell me yes or no. And yeah, she can cook her own eggs. She's 11. She's yeah. she's fried up an egg many a time. So the kids don't love eating eggs too much. But So what what are, what are these hot breakfasts? And at this point, you're hungry again. Yeah. Oh, of course. It's okay. 9 o'clock and I ate at 5.30 okay. in the morning. So you're hungry again for breakfast and you're making a hot breakfast. What are some of the go-to like hot breakfast items you're going for? So I recently found a brand of bacon that is uncured, which I don't mind the curing process of meat when it's done right. So it's not that's not the thing that wooed me in, but it is organic, which I know from what I know about the you know agricultural industry that organic pork is prop is a high probability that it is still pork in confinement. Um, it's just being fed organic corn and soy or whatever else the the alfalfa whatever the combo is but I feel better about buying that that's my good better best that's my better option right my best option would be like a pastured or forested Mm -hmm. pork from a local farmer which I actually do keep in the freezer from time to time that's what I burnt last night we're talking about like regular access right yes like I can walk into a grocery store and get it off the shelf for not $12 a pound but more like $7 a pound which is more affordable for us if we're eating it on a regular basis and I I don't have to like go to the farmer's market or Mm -hmm. seek out the rancher so yeah for that aspect to me that's worth it I like buying that I probably buy three packs a week of that and we burn through that Mm -hmm. so um it tastes decent um i should say it tastes good it's it's not my favorite tasting bacon but that's okay so i usually have a meat of some kind a bacon a sausage a getta a um homemade sausage something like that Mm -hmm. and then i have i usually cook myself eggs i offer the girls ray will definitely eat an egg and um then the other piece is usually a carbohydrate so it might be an oatmeal it might be Sophie wants to whip up scones. It might be um, sourdough French toast. We make that a lot. It might be um, pumpkin muffins. I made Mm. that last week. It might be any number of things. So, uh, and then... How often do you cook in potatoes in the morning? uh, I did that yesterday. Uh, Probably at least once a week. Okay. Um, That would be a great carb option that's not a grain. Just chopping them up, throw them in, in, in the pan... Yeah, or making hash browns. With coconut oil or what are you talking, what are we working with here? But, um, butter? I, usually coconut oil or I have some rendered lard that I used to fry that chicken last week. Oh, yeah. And so I've been using that to cook the potatoes in, um, which has been really great. That's what I did last yesterday. I made hash browns with a fried egg. If we have some sort of homemade salsa or like tomato thing, oh, yeah. I like to add that in. I was really looking for sauerkraut yesterday, but... I think the girls finished it off, so I made two more quarts, but I won't get them for three weeks. 
timing there is a little bit off. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I like to make sure that the girls get some source of protein and some source of carb. Um, you know, if we're eating a sugary thing like a pumpkin muffin, we're doing that like one to two days a week. We're not doing that every day. I don't want to start them off on this like crazy burst of sugar without them having some sustenance in their mm-hmm. stomachs. But I also don't want to... Uh, like make them scared of a muffin right yeah. so I'm i know we do pancakes we're doing waffles sometimes right sometimes not a ton maybe maybe once a week once every other week yeah and like when, when ruthie's putting down a waffle i mean it's almost like no chance she's eating anything else that breakfast right yeah i mean i can get her to eat bacon i can get her to eat some sausage okay. literally yesterday i i fried up some sausage links and i just pour a little bit of maple syrup in the pan so they kind of caramelize mm. and she was like this is the best thing she was like can you make this for bre- for breakfast on my birthday <laughs> i was like sure hilarious so she if you approach it the right way she'll definitely get some protein uh, in um <clears throat> she will also eat a, a milkshake so drink a milkshake the, yeah drink a milkshake the the whole raw milk milkshake slip mm-hmm. in some collagen peptides mm-hmm. thing has been a game changer oh, yeah. for her protein intake yeah. and we try not to sweeten it too much just a little bit of maple syrup but honestly the bananas we get are so sweet on yeah. their own and it's just it's good it's a good morning start um she'll she'll she's also a weird kid where like she would eat a waffle and like a bowl of sauerkraut mm-hmm. and you're just like what are you doing yeah she's a weirdo but she'll eat, she'll scarf that, and then I feel, I feel like okay, you're, I can set you up for a decent day. So yep. that's our nine thirty routine. I'm usually cooking something. Eating anything in between nine thirty and lunch? No, nothing. Okay. Nope. I mean, and the after the one cup of coffee, are we drinking more coffee at that point, or is it? I might have a second cup, like when you leave, if the kids are still awake and I reheat our Chemex, mm-hmm. um, or if I know like I'm going to have an iced coffee in the afternoon mm-hmm. or tea time with the girls. We do a lot of tea time with a caffeinated black tea, then I'll, I'll, I'll keep it down. I'll, okay. I'll stick with the one cup. Okay. All right. Lunchtime. So we're, we're walking in, we're rolling into 12, you know, one o'clock here. What, what's, what's lunch looking like? So lunch is either I have prepared ahead of time and gone to the grocery store and purchased like lunch meat to make sandwiches or snack plates we do a lot of snack plates especially in the summertime when we Mm want to sit outside by the pool Mm -hmm. and hang out um or it's leftovers from the night before or it's like a quick hot lunch so um like quick boil some um pasta and heat up some broth and make like a little ramen Mm. or quick um do a grilled cheese with some sourdough Mm -hmm. or you know i made a quick tomato soup which doesn't sound quick but it is what's the uh the lunch that you know the kids are going to eat like when you're making this particular lunch you're like our our kids are going to eat this they do really well with the snack plate idea because i only put things on there that i i know that they'll for sure eat so So what are things that ruthie for sure eats for lunch she'll eat the like hard salamis Okay. Um, or the pepperonis. Mm-hmm. I found um, some decent brands of those, although it is hard with the with the packaged meats to find like really beautiful mm-hmm. beef or pork. Um, we really like the, I believe they're turkey pepperonis, to be honest, but they have great flavor. So some sort of like dried or cured meat or lunch meat. Um, you can find high quality lunch meat a little bit easier. She'll eat that. She'll eat um, fresh veggies, fresh veggie sticks, really? bell peppers, okay. yeah, carrots, especially if it's like laid out. She's mm-hmm. a woman of aesthetic. Mm. If it's like beautiful plate, 
Yeah, she's not much of the slop lady. No, yeah. she she'll, she she wouldn't do well in a public school cafeteria. No, she would not. She would just starve. She probably wouldn't eat at all. Um, so I yeah. don't think she, I. Tr- I mean, we're being kind of funny. I truly think that if Ruthie was in a public school cafeteria, she wouldn't eat a dang thing unless it was like dessert. <laughs> Maybe if it was like a package of something. Yeah, like a package of chips. Yeah. <laughs> Which what, would not be my ideal. That's what I mean. The actual food that they serve, or she wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole. I know. And honestly, I mean, that's a benefit, a side, side, side benefit of homeschooling is that she has access to our kitchen all day long. So yeah, um, she'll eat some fresh veggies. I usually throw in either like a good, decent cracker. I know I can make homemade crackers, which would be ideal, but there's also a decent slew of crackers you mm-hmm. can buy. Um, or some sort of um, grain, snug, crunchy thing, maybe a good potato chip or and something. And so when you're making lunch, do you just start with the pickiest kid, which if anyone hasn't figured out by now, is Ruthie. Do you just start with Ruthie and kind of work your way down into like making those snack plates? Like, hey, these are the items I'm going to pick for the snack plates. You know that at the very bottom of that list, Ray will eat you know, the package anything. the meat was in, <laughs> right? Is yeah. that kind of how you're doing that? Or, or do you just make one for everybody well sophie's at the age right now where she can choose to make her own lunch okay so if i'm making a snack plate it might just be for ruth it might be it's what i'm eating too it might be it could just kind of our days are so different Mm. it just kind of depends like efficiency though you're not you don't want to make just one lunch for everybody i feel like you have a lot more mess to clean up if you don't do it that way um no i'm okay to i mean making a snack plate's not really mess. yeah i guess that's just setting things onto a board for Sophie, if she wants to get crazy, so like sometimes she'll be like, I want to make homemade cheese sauce. And I'm like, all right, do it. I don't, mm. that's fine. I'll help walk you through it, but you're making it, you're, yeah. you're doing it. Um, so yeah. And Ray is just really get her in some good food before she takes a rest. Yeah. It's usually, like I said, lunch meat, a leftover. Um, yeah, it's, it's quick and easy or it's like leftovers from the, Got it. the night before. So that's what I'm working with um, for lunch. Honestly, I plan more intentionally for dinner and breakfast because lunch kind of falls in the middle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the girls will eat at 9 and then they'll eat a little bit more at 11 and we kind of have a brunch situation. Mm-hmm. And then it's just more breakfast food. Mm-hmm. So that happens too. And um, my ideal day is that I've eaten something that is easy to clean up is um has some good animal protein in it but has you know beautiful uh carb source of some kind maybe some like i love i love how we grew lettuce and i think i ate a salad like three times out of it but before i went to seed but like i love the the uh lettuce with um I get this really nice, it sounds odd, but this canned fish, this Mm. dill trout, I really love pouring that on and eating that, like protein and a little Mm -hmm. bit of salad, throw some olives in there. Um, Yeah. So we're we're eating lunch. Any any snacks in between lunchtime and dinner? I know that sometimes you girls do tea time. What's tea time looking like? Tea time is, is more of a social hour. The girls get really hyped. They, it's hilarious that you were at home with the girls having a social hour. They have a pot of tea. Yeah, we got stuff going on. They make a pot of tea. Sophie might whip up a batch of scones. We usually keep scones in the freezer, if mm-hmm. I'm honest. And whenever we make them, we make a double batch. Um, Sophie makes a lot of them on her own, 100%. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even touch the flour or anything. But sometimes I make a double batch for her because it's just... 
I grew up having tea and scones with my mom. It's just mm-hmm. a little thing that I like to carry on. And they always know, like, Grandpa and Mimi would love to have scones and tea with them. So sometimes we go over there. Sometimes my parents come over. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's more of a social aspect, less for the nourishment, which honestly is fine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we might have a little bit of tea, maybe a scone. We might have um, – that's like once every other week maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we might have – uh, I might just grab a beef stick from the pantry. Mm. I might um, grab a piece of fruit. We do a lot of fruit for snacks. I'm usually eating something around that 3 p.m. time. I might also have like a nice coffee if I didn't have too much coffee in the morning or maybe brew some decaf or something and pour it over ice or just have a little treat. I like to have something that like gets me over the hump, that mm-hmm. like 3 p.m. thing mm-hmm. where... I'm not necessarily like fatigued, but I'm just like, okay, I'm going into the second half of my day. Work does not end at five o'clock, meaning like the work of my life, like it just continues. I have work all day and all night sometimes. And so I have to, it's nice to have like a little mental moment to take to yourself, get a little snack, a little drink that feels fancy to you. We loved those revives. We loved those those Mm -hmm. Olipop style sort of like fermented bubbly seltzers it's a great option for like an afternoon snack um yeah so i'm usually doing something around so, so what time are you thinking about dinner then honestly like 4 45 5 o'clock that's like when you're thinking about dinner yeah and that's because i mean thinking about dinner is like okay what am i gonna cook and yeah. i get things out um if i haven't already chosen the earlier in the day like yesterday i knew ahead of time that i was going to make potato leek soup because i had two leeks in the fridge i need to cook up i had two quarts of broth and i had a ton of potatoes so mm-hmm. i was like great simple i already have the recipe this is beautiful um but if it's like a hey i know i have some thawed meat in the fridge i'm just not sure what i'm going to do with it yet mm-hmm. then i'm usually thinking about that around 4 30 4 45 because our afternoons are really full. I mean, the girls are playing and we're getting into the school year. They're going to be doing school. We're going to be running around. I do a lot of work during the day just on like homegrown stuff. And then like I'm just hanging out with the girls and, you know, going to whoever's house or the park. It's just our day is busy. Mm-hmm. So around 4, 30, 4, 45 and thinking about dinner, you don't usually get home till at least six thirty, six o'clock. So I know I have some time there to prep. Mm-hmm. Right on. So dinner time then, you know, what, what are some of these staple? Let's, you, you missed this. Um, I had written down here that you had a, an ideal lunch and you said you felt fantastic after it and that oh, you'd eat in right. burger fries and a milkshake. <laughs> and uh, Which sounds so off. Okay, so this is a situation. I made, I was really craving a burger, like a really good burger. Mm -hmm. So one day uh, I had, I believe I still had some beef from the quarter cow that we purchased, some of Mike's beef. And I had a thought, I was like, all right, we're going to make burgers. We, we bought, we store bought some organic buns. Um, I think we used the Dave's brand. I'm not sure. Um, and then we had some like beautiful lettuce, some organic cheese and a couple condiments. And I was like, I'm just really craving a burger. So the girls and I made burgers. That's one thing that Ruthie will always eat is a cheeseburger. She doesn't, sorry, a burger. She doesn't eat the cheese. She doesn't like melted cheese and she doesn't eat the bun usually. Um, so I made up a burger. I, 
I sauteed some, I, I might've even had like some leftover potatoes that I just heated up, but I had some sort of potato and a bun. And then I had worked out. So I made a protein shake, like mm-hmm. a vanilla, I call them milkshakes cause then the girls will eat them, but they're, they're really just raw milk, raw, sometimes raw cream, but sometimes not. So raw milk, maple syrup, ice, a banana, some collagen peptides. What am I missing? Vanilla. A vanilla, a little dash of cinnamon. Mm-hmm. Um, they're great. They're delicious. And so I had made that and I was like, man, this is like kind of a carb heavy meal. Like it would be interesting to see how I feel after this. I had just worked out and I did have a big, probably, probably five ounces of beef before it was cooked. So it was like a big burger. And I just remember feeling so like satiated and so like full of energy after that meal, which there have been times where I've eaten lunch and I have crashed Mm -hmm. and I've been like, wow, okay, what was that? Mm -hmm. Um, What did I eat there that I like maybe wasn't ready for? Or what did I do that was like off balance? I think it's important. I do have a blood, um, I do have a blood sugar monitor that I purchased that I still haven't tested out yet, but it'll be interesting when I put that on to see what my blood levels do after certain foods. But even without that sort of technology, I think you can ask yourself, like, how do I feel after this meal? Yeah, totally. And so after that particular meal, I'll never forget that day. I just felt amazing. So sometimes like it's, it just depends on what your body needs for women. It's so different. It changes every week for us. Yeah. And so it, it's just, it's ever evolving. But and so for the dinner, we're kind of following the what's for dinner guide yeah. for that. I mean, it's, it's typically a protein veggie starch. We're looking at different meals. There's a lot of reusing re- dinner. I feel like for us, and it sounds like breakfast are really driving the shopping the staples we keep on hand that kind mm-hmm. of stuff whereas it sounds like lunch is sort of is, is more or less you know there's a few things that we're putting in the in the, in the fridge for, in the pantry for lunch but there's also a lot of you know hey this was from dinner yesterday this was from you know breakfast this morning etc that we're kind of including and making into lunch which that's at home i don't even experience that lunch is something i'm not even here for yeah. there's probably also a reason why it's less prioritized yeah it's because i'm almost never even here for lunch mm-hmm. which is yeah um, interesting so and anything else about your ideal day before we kind of go through mine? No, I mean, yeah, the dinners are really simple. It's We have a couple like staple items that we make on a regular basis. I, and it obviously changes with the seasons. I think we're getting into more soup, chili um, on a regular basis. We do have soups in the summertime, but that's going to be more like weather appropriate and ingredient appropriate. We're going to have a lot more root veggies coming out in the market soon. And so... I like to prioritize that end meal. And then, um, yeah, you and I might have a snack later in the mm-hmm. evening. And you know, one of our favorite things is like <laughs> sourdough pizza. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love our pizza time. It's a little bit social, but it's also like, hey, we're hungry. Yeah. Um, we might make a milkshake uh, or, or a protein shake. We kind of use those terms interchangeably because they're the exact same thing. We're not using a protein like shake powder. Mm-hmm. We're just whipping up raw ingredients and throwing in collagen peptides. But um yeah you and i often have a snack at night if we're feeling hungry and we used to be a big chip family and we've gotten far uh, i know sometimes you and the girls still love your chips and i'll still buy them occasionally there's some good brands you can find that are fried and decent oils um but yeah i i like the evening snack if we're hungry if we Mm -hmm. need it especially like on the weekend maybe we're staying up a little bit later but 
other than that, that's kind of my whole food day. Obviously drinking tons of water in that day, making sure I'm having like two cups max of caffeine. Um, and yeah, making sure I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm paying attention to how I'm feeling after I'm eating. So let's get into your day. I wake up pretty early most days and, um, I put on here 5 a.m., but, you know, because I'm, I'm in like a seasonal life right now where sometimes I'm getting up at, you know, 5.45, 6.15, I feel like 6.30 would be, a, from like an average day, a pretty late wake up for me. And then on the earlier end of that spectrum, you know, 4.30, 4.45 is kind of like when I'm, when I'm getting up in the morning. And... I know it's like a big spectrum, but it's like 4.30 to 6.30 is kind yeah. of when I'm waking up. And I directly from waking up, I drink from th- every day. This is not this is non-negotiable. Every single day I drink from the moment I wake up, 30 to 50 ounces of water. <clears throat> so I basically just finish a whole water bottle and maybe some. I think my water bottle is like 28 ounces or something like that. And I drink like a whole water bottle and some. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like right when I wake up. Something I started doing about, you know, a year ago. And I just, I, I do it every morning. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like you're eating in the morning, I guess. Uh, I just, I am not hungry when I wake up. And I was telling you before we hit record that I could have run 13 miles a day before. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning, I do not want food. Mm-hmm. I just don't want it. I have, if you make me food, I'll eat it. I'm not like avoiding it. I'm not like actively saying I'm not going to eat. I just legitimately wake up in the morning and I don't want food. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I'm hyper-conditioned, that like I'm waking up in the morning, I'm going to work. Mm-hmm. I am not waking up in the morning to like, like I don't know, like, I, I don't know. It's it's It might just have to do with the, the pressure that I feel to get to the office. I don't know. Uh, but I am not hungry. And I typically wait an hour and a half, or as long as I can, honestly, to drink coffee. And I typically have that cup of coffee I have down here. If I wake up at 5 a.m., you know, I'm hoping to have my first cup, you know, of, of coffee, cup number one at 6.30. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's kind of the hope. And I'm going to work at 7.30 or 8. And um, so my morning routine is kind of weird. Now, I will say that on Fridays, uh, because I wanted to include this, my system kind of gets thrown out of whack a little bit because I run in the morning on Friday. And I meet up with a group of guys down by the river on the bike trail <laughs> at uh, f- like 5.35, 5.40 in the morning. And we run four miles, which takes roughly, you know, 29 minutes. But who's counting? Depending on the pace. Anyways. Not Joey. He's not trying to outrun <laughs> um, everyone in his not, group. Not, not a chance. Um, anyways. So run, run for about 30 minutes. And we get done with the run, then we get in the river and we swim. And it's really cold and it feels amazing. And I get home from that time with the guys at about 7.15 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I'll have my first cup of coffee. And also, um, at, at that time, I'm like down to eat. I was going to say, are you hungry after your run? I think it's more or less, I know that I need it. Yeah. I'm not really feeling like, like oh, I'm starving. But I think to myself, hey, I just exerted some energy. I want to replenish anything that I just burned. And so 
I'll either make a protein shake. And that was when I was on the kick of making breakfast burritos. And so... Well, now I try to... Now that that's kind of an established rhythm, I try to make sure I have like a hot breakfast cooked for you. When I get home, I've noticed that. And it's, I've been and very me. thankful for that. So um, in those scenarios, and, and quite frankly, I would I would love that to be my every single day. So I think that if and when I get my office and my work kind of schedule reshaped into a place where I can start having my mornings to myself, where I don't wake up in the morning and I'm feeling like I got to be at the office because I have to be there. Mm-hmm. Once I get get to a place where, you know, we have, we're able to hire some staff and we're able to be in a place where I can, you know, get to the office a little bit later on in the day. I think what I'll do is I probably will start changing around when I work out and or run to the mornings mm-hmm. and and then I probably will get back into a system of eating breakfast in the morning mm-hmm. because I would have just run or lifted or whatever mm-hmm. so I don't do that today so if people wonder like do you work out and run whatnot in the morning on Fridays but that's about it no other day um get to work I work and um I am super diligent at this point for lunchtime i am at like 11 45 to 12 15 that window and it's pretty like i keep it pretty tight um i eat lunch and i eat a very proper lunch i'm very planning out my lunches it's almost all centered around what protein can i eat because everything else is easy mm-hmm. i think it, it's something to, if, if you think about there are very few animal protein options that are convenient for lunch. Mm-hmm. And it's just annoying to me. And so lately I've been buying sausages or sometimes I'll buy like a package of, or like, you know, brown burger and I'll fry up burger and I'll put that fried up burger like in chunks, really. I'll season it up and I'll fry it in a pan and I'll put that over top of a salad and um, I get a lot of olives whether it's sausage or it's it's burger meat or it's you know, I found those like what were those like hot dog things that I was eating for a little while. Oh, like the uncured organic hot dog. Yeah, those were good. You also do hard boiled eggs in your salad, which is another source of protein. It's I was a non meat. They're just protein. not super convenient. Like so. Well, if you're making them ahead of time, I know that's be. what I mean. Though I'm making them at the office. I, I did. Let's be honest. I did hard boiled eggs every day for like six months. Mm-hmm. So. You're just falling out of that. I just kind of fall, fell out of the hard-boiled egg train. Uh, they were very convenient. If I cooked, you know, I cook, I would cook up like the whole package yeah. and then eat them and then cook a whole other package. And so. And your it. your work is a little bit unique where you have access to a full kitchen. You have a fridge. Yeah, that's you true. You can store stuff there. I do have all that. <clears throat> you, you know, when I worked out of the home and in an office, I had a microwave and a toaster yeah, and barely even a fridge. And and so I, I do have some, I wrote down a few things here. I've been buying a lot of peanut butter or protein bars, fruit, things like that that mm-hmm. I can also eat. And I upped that. I, did, I wasn't doing that prior, but now that I'm running a lot more, I wanted to have more kind of quick digesting, you know, kind of foods, things mm-hmm. that kind of like kind of zap into my system pretty quickly to kind of keep the energy levels up. Because if, if you just eat like a huge amount of protein, you're not going to like walk out of that huge amount of protein meal feeling super energized. Your body's not processing that super fast. Yeah. And so you, you you almost need to prioritize what I'm doing for lunch is, hey, I need to get my protein in. But I also need a few things that can like I can digest really quickly that will give me the energy that I need to kind of keep moving. And so sometimes I'll stagger my lunch consumption. So I'll eat you know, some things that are quick to digest 
um, you know, carb setup stuff, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then follow that that with some high protein food mm-hmm. at the end of that meal. That sounds ridiculous, but this is kind of the way that I think. No, that makes sense. I, would you ever like if I batched the milkshake and froze it? Would you ever take that with you? Totally. And like let it thaw in the fridge and then drink sure, that. Absolutely, I think that would be a better option than like a huge spoonful of peanut butter. Not that I'm against peanut butter. Well, no, butter. sometimes a lot. If I can, I prioritize animal uh, protein. So I'll eat like the sausage or the or the beef or the hot dog stuff. Or you like those those chicken? Uh, beef oh, I still love the chicken sticks. Yeah, chicken. but those are so small. Like honestly, I could eat like twelve. So it's just not the play. But um, you know what we need to do this season? Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to get a dehydrator or use the oven and just make some venison jerky because the preserved or dried meat is so quick and easy to eat and like that's what people used to eat all the time we definitely need to do that so we just need to like season up that jerky and um do that so we have something quick that's you know homemade homegrown and we could we could do the sticks honestly which is what i would prefer um, well we did that with the moose remember when we got the moose processed we had like beautiful snack sticks like moose hunted out of newfoundland it was the most legit snack i love it that's like my favorite thing ever i'm in yeah i'm in (laughs) so that's what i'm doing for lunch so i eat a a, a pretty you know very macronutrient rounded well-rounded are you eating lunch. any any um grains at lunch it sounds like most of your lunches are veggies sometimes i rarely eat grains for lunch almost never you might like sneak in a granola bar or something no never i don't sneak in granola bars you guys used to have bars at the office that i felt like what was that what brand was that kind i guess those are seed based now we have lara bars the, so like yeah i don't eat them, I, eat I, them. There, no there was a season of life or if like even if I'm really desperate, I know it sounds funny, but like in the times where I'm really desperate, I know I'm probably in need of something really good for me more than ever. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, well, when I'm desperate, I eat crap food. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't eat crap food when I'm desperate. I eat, I, I, in those moments, I, I kind of like recognize that my body's probably more desperate for really good food. And I eat well, food. the reason people feel that way is because their blood sugar is dipping and they're starting to feel panicky and they're like, I just need to eat. Yeah. And if people don't know what to eat, then yeah, they're going to reach for the most convenient source of of uh, carb to raise their blood sugar level. And so that's part of it, right? You mm-hmm. didn't start out knowing exactly what to reach for when you're in no. that hunger. Uh-huh. And your job, even though you like work in an office and it's like more of a corporate setting. I mean, can you even call it a corporate setting? It's I don't like know what corporate s- is anymore. Small, small business. It's very physically demanding. You're walking up flights of stairs. You're carrying huge dishes. You're yeah. probably cooking for 45, 50 people. Like yeah. you're doing a lot and I, like you're more active at your office than I probably am just running around the house mm-hmm. here. So, yeah, you need to eat and you need to make sure you're not setting yourself up for those dips that you're going to crash at 3 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. So I never use the excuse when I'm desperate, I eat blah, 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 because we have a lot of options on the office. I just don't do it. Yeah. The I um, and, and I in an ideal day, I'm leaving work around five. I, I almost never do that. But in, in an ideal day, I leave work around five, in which case, you know, I get home. It takes me about 30, 35 minutes to get home. And that's on a good day with light traffic. And I like to start, I like to work out like almost right when I get home. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have noticed. That's that. like what I like to do. Mm-hmm. So I'll throw down, I'll work out. And then after I work out at that point, I am so hungry. 
like I will be on my run after I lift or whatever, and I'll be so hungry on the run, mm. and I'll get back. You know, and, you can you can have something mid workout to help you. Well, and so that so that was something I wanted to talk about is that so yesterday, I started off my day pretty normal. I got up at well, I woke up at like five fifteen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because you had to open. You had an early day. Woke up at 5.15, went downstairs, drank my water, did the whole thing, right? And had my coffee, you know, an hour and a half later. And we got to talk and hang out. And then I went to work, got to work at like 7.15. And I um, I was just working. I was cranking. I had a lot of meetings come up, a lot of things I had to do. Uh, I tried to kind of get a good lunch in and was only able to get a protein bar down at like 115 which is way out of rhythm for me i knew i needed something but i just I, you know i kept having meetings come up and things happen and and then and then it got to a point where i was like well now if i eat a big lunch i'm just gonna be like off what kind of protein bar was it it was a perfect bar so it was all oh, just, just peanut, peanut butter, peanut and, butter yeah. and whatever else powder they put in there yeah who knows and so i got home and i and i, I know i wanted to work out i had nick coming over to meet with me it was bench day and then i wanted to run and I, um, I quick ate two beef sticks because I was thinking I need to get some protein in. And then I need to eat. You ate some melon. And so I ate some cantaloupe. Cantaloupe. And then I thought, I was worried at that point. I'm like, I don't know if I've had very many like carbs today. And I was looking around the house and again, there just wasn't a lot that I could quickly eat that was convenient. I either had to like cook up a meal right then and there. And you were like in the process of cooking dinner. Mm-hmm. Or I needed to, and so there was. What um, would you have wanted to make available? I had a cookie. Because I wanted some sugars or some like, I, I wanted something. Sophie made some banging chocolate chip cookies. Well, that's what I had. I had one of those. And Sophie my lift them. went excellent. Mm-hmm. I felt really good to go for the lifting. <laughs> probably on the cookie. Honestly. Probably operating off the carbs of the melon and the cookie. Well, yeah. And I, I ate those intentionally because I knew I needed something that I could digest quickly. But I, again, I ate it in the wrong direction. I ate the protein first mm. and then I ate the digestible stuff. Again, I don't know if that messed with me or not. I just think... Um, anyways. Um, so then I went out to... After I lifted, I ran. And oh my gosh, I felt miserable. It was one of the worst runs I've had in a long time. And... Um, I, mean, I honestly felt like I might vomit while I was running Wow! because it was just that rough because of my rhythms being thrown off so poorly. Normally I get home after eating that big proper lunch. I haven't eaten anything and I can just lift and run and I feel great. But this just wasn't that way. It was horrible. Uh, I'm definitely not going to do that again. And um, I think it was the, the high protein food that was just slow to digest. That was just sloshed around in my stomach while I was running. It was terrible. Anyways. And I, I mean, to be honest, you just, you didn't eat enough during the day. You yeah, were undernourished. I know. I know I was, I was. I and you worked was. out from a place of deficiency and then you tried to push yourself and it just yeah, didn't. It, it, my body failed. So after you ate dinner, did you, did you feel better? After I had dinner, I felt pretty good. Dinner was potato leek soup cooked in homemade. But meat. then I made a protein shake with it. So I had a protein shake and I had the potato leek soup and um, yeah, I felt pretty good after hmm. that. And then after dinner, I typically like a snack. I'm not like I almost plan for it. I'm I'm going to have a snack after dinner at some point. Whether it's again, it could be potato chips. It could be uh, my my ideal snack after dinner really is the sourdough pizzas. Uh, but 
the the you know sometimes we do like cheese and olives cheese and olives i like to have fruit yeah. oftentimes i'll have an apple with some peanut butter or something mm-hmm. that's that's kind of my end of the day uh situation and a little um, bedtime snack yeah i almost always have a snack before before bed and it's like we're talking like an hour and a half before bed mm-hmm. not like i'm not like eating on your way up the stairs. On the way up the stairs, yeah. Yeah, some tea too. I think we've really liked the tea rhythm. Uh, you know, I have tea every now and then, but it's not like a it's not like an everyday thing for me. But yeah, we we do like the tea. I like the tea. And so I think what I want to go into a little bit here. That's kind of my ideal day. Um, I don't eat breakfast. I think I would like to. I know a lot of people are gonna get on my case of like, oh, you, it's the most important meal of the day. I don't know where that came from. I don't know why that's said so much. Uh, I believe Kellogg coined that phrase the most breakfast the most important meal of the day because they're a cereal company which is ironic i actually do believe especially for women like breakfast is very important to set us and for kids um breakfast is important to set us up for men the male metabolism i don't really understand what's going on yeah i don't know what's going on over here too but i eat when i'm hungry is kind of what i do and and to that point i used to never be hungry in the morning i had to sort of train myself up to that so i'm not saying like you might get into a rhythm where you start running in the morning and then all of a sudden you're hungry and there's one day you don't run you're still hungry yeah i think that's gonna happen to me you might get there once i get into some better some better working rhythms i'm gonna i'm gonna start running in the morning i'll start doing some lifting in the morning possibly too and then i'll wait like when i get back from that i will want to eat and it'll be good i'm excited i think something you touched on though that i think other people might feel too is like you wake up with this like i gotta get to work and it's almost like it's not this anxiety because you know you love your job and you love working but you have like a responsibility and a weightiness to your morning a little bit like you're like i want to get up i want to read i want to drink my coffee and yeah. i gotta go i mean my email starts popping off at around seven fifty-five to like eight fifteen. right so regardless of if i'm at the office or not work has kind of started around that time I, and and keep in mind everybody i'm waking up like two hours before work no matter what that is just something that I do no matter what, because I want to I want to get it, read some scripture, read some some business book of some kind and have coffee with my wife every day in the morning, no matter what. And so if I got to be at the office at 730, I am waking up at 530. Mm-hmm. I'm waking up at 530. Mm-hmm. If I got to be at the office, it's not, it's not even that, it's not, I actually get up like two hours before I, to, before I have to leave. So that's actually incorrect. If I'm leaving my house at seven in the morning to get to my office at 730, I'm waking up at five. Mm-hmm. It's just a non-negotiable. I do not want to be rushed into into work. I want to have my mornings, because at the end of the day, um, it's something that I can control. I it's I cannot control as much as people want to act like they can. I cannot control when my kids actually go to bed. Mm-hmm. I can I can control when I decide to start putting them to bed. Mm-hmm. I can get them into rhythms of this when they're used to going to bed, but they can wake up, they can come down the stairs. Ray climbs out of her crib. Um, it's just not guaranteed time. But if I, if I wake up at five, I can almost guarantee you my kids aren't waking up. Yeah. And so if I wake up at four 30, I can almost guarantee they're not waking up. So mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm doing. And, um, and so I, I try to, if I have a shift that I'm responsible for at my office, I try to choose the early shift rather than the late shift, just because. I know that that will keep me in a rhythm that's that's that I, that my body is used to, and so getting up early is what I'm currently used to. So, anyways, um, I think you wanted to move on to sourcing. Yeah, let's talk about not really sourcing. Sourcing. Let's just talk about what our shopping looks like. Some of the staples that I keep in the house quickly. It doesn't need to be something that we that we that we draw really into. 
you know, I was asking you before we kind of hit record, um, shopping, right? And you were saying you like to shop, you do one big shopping trip once a week. Yeah. And you're kind of, you're kind of basing that shopping trip off of around five dinners. Yeah. So I recently switched. We have a Kroger that's like right down the street from us, which is super convenient, literally two minute drive. But we also have a, another um, store called Fresh Time. I don't think it's nationwide. I think they're only like in this area or okay. like Midwest, maybe a little bit south. Um, but Fresh Time is kind of like a Whole Foods, but cheaper, kind of like a Trader Joe's, but again, a little bit cheaper. And uh, even Trader Joe's, I think people think just inherently it's healthier, but they still have the same food as anyone else. So Fresh Time I like because I've gotten better deals on stuff that I was already buying at Kroger. So Kerrygold Butter was like, I walked by Kroger's yesterday and it was like over $5 at Fresh Time. I can sometimes get it for $3.99, around 4 bucks. And we go through a lot of butter. So um, I try to do one large shopping trip at Fresh Time now because I can get um, a higher variety of organic produce there. I can get better meats. They sell um, Force of Nature meats there. That's where I've been getting the Ancestral Blend that has a combo of liver and heart already ground in the beef, which is super convenient. It is a higher price point at like nine bucks a pound. But if I get two pounds of that every other week, I can justify that. Um, we're in a weird season right now where we don't have a freezer full of meat. Usually we have a bunch of cow or we have um, venison that we've hunted or we have like some chickens we've stocked up. But right now we've, we're running dry. Mm -hmm. Very anxious for deer season to start up so that we can replenish our freezer. But right now my the bulk of my grocery shopping is what protein are we eating throughout the week. I want to make sure I have enough protein for five dinners, meaning I have like a big bag of wild caught shrimp. I have a big... Um, I have, you know, two, three packs of chicken, hopefully bone in skin on. I have maybe one whole chicken and then maybe two packs of ground beef and then maybe a, a fifth um, wild card, like a chorizo or um, a ground pork of some kind. So I try to have some variety. It's it, like I said, it's very much like the what's for dinner. We like to have a variety of mm -hmm. like, seafood, red meat, yep. white meat throughout the week. I know I always want a chicken or chicken pieces so I can mm -hmm. make stock. Um, and so those, those are just rhythms we've built up. So I'm grocery shopping for that. We're getting a lot of our produce right now from our farm, which drops weekly at our house. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're getting our raw dairy, our local produce. And then I do a monthly, um, order from Thrive Market, which is where I get my pantry items. Mm -hmm. So I get like our maple syrup, our, um, organic sprouted flour, our organic rice. All of our spices come from Thrive that are organic, um, and even like our coconut oil, I do try to get, they don't have great avocado or, or olive oils there, um, at least that I've seen. But so I'm getting a lot of my pantry items from Thrive once a month. That's a big order. Mm -hmm. The weekly shopping keeps me up to date on my protein, which will shift. It will shift to more produce based shopping um, when winter comes and we have more meat. And then all of our like eggs, dairy, and local produce um, that's seasonal and organically grown comes from the farm. So that's kind of how we lay it out. I know like Tuesday is always a great food day um, because I know we get a farm drop. I know we still have plenty of groceries. I try to shop like before like Thursday or Friday so that I set us up for a good weekend because nothing would be worse than having you home for the weekend and like there's no food in the house. Mm. So I try to shop Thursday, Friday. Thursday or Friday, stock the house, um, eat through that. You were usually like looking pretty low on Wednesday, but mm -hmm. we power through. I, mm -hmm. What was it last week? I was like, I didn't have any food, so I made 
this. What was that? It was like rice, some burger, and a can of green beans or something. And we had a big jar of sauerkraut. It was fantastic. Yeah. So I actually liked it a lot. That's kind of what we do. I make sure I always have at least something going. Um, We're getting into some rhythms of fermenting more veggies, which is good. Yeah. The the uh, quick one through. I want a quick run through just a list. If you wanted, if you ever wanted a list of Hazelmeyer staples, keep in mind these. This list is subject to change. The the uh, <laughs> these are some of the staples we have in our house right now, and the past couple of weeks, past couple of months, probably yeah. mm-hmm. some of these have been staples for generations. But for now, this is kind of like our list of staples. And as seasons change, as our like what we're interested in eating changes, this changes. But for now. Uh, we, we, we compiled a list for you. It is butter, unsalted and salted. We've always got butter in the house, just always. straight up. Mm-hmm. We got flour in the house. I mean, f- <clears throat> for, for obvious reasons, but, but we do a lot of baking, or at least Elizabeth does a lot of baking. We've got animal protein of some form. Lately, we've had bacon in the house, like almost always. Mm-hmm. And it, I kind of noted that because initially you said animal protein. I was like, eh, you know, we got animal protein, but also we've always got some bacon. Yeah, I always make sure I have animal protein for dinner and animal protein for breakfast. Those two things. And then we've got seasonal fruit in the house. We kind of always, always keeping that on hand. Uh, right now, just so much cantaloupe. So much cantaloupe. So much cantaloupe, dude. I'm just trying to eat it up. Uh, rice. We've always got rice in the house. Yeah, I rice like and potatoes. Rice and potatoes. They're, they're just always there. Uh, I feel like we've always got onions. Yeah. We've always got garlic. Those kinds of things. Um, two to three veggies. So for the week, something that's like we've got it on hand is you know there might be some zucchini and squash and it's interesting how you know we're going through a season where because it's it's on the tail end of hunting right because we're getting so close to hunting season again Mm -hmm. that's when we will be out but also it's kind of it's kind of perfectly timed right because this is kind of harvest season for gardens and so veggies have been a lot easier to come by our our farm drop off has been just flooded with vegetables our garden is starting to produce we had dinner recently with um just some spectacular zucchini out of our garden which by the way uh ruthie scarfed her zucchini yeah it was better than most um she 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 loved it homegrown and plus we had that ancestral blend burger it was excellent Porcelain excellent Nature. stuff it was good we're um i asked you like hey what do we got in the freezer and you said very little just not yeah. much in the freezer no. whether it's not really any veggies not really any protein there's just not much in there <clears throat> if we're buying stuff and we get some like shrimp or something and we're putting it in the freezer it's it's there so that will change in the winter right i'll i'll stock up more on frozen vegetables because there won't be as much fresh mm-hmm. um <clears throat> yeah we we've maybe bake ahead and we freeze things yeah. but we don't have like our a- current freezer section is pretty empty yeah compared to what it usually is yes yeah uh, i mean there's there's stuff in our freezer but there's there's uh we're not we're not relying very much on the freezer to have food for us to eat uh canned the canned section of our of our kind of pantry pantry we've got we do we we like to keep canned tomatoes and canned beans and that's typically for like soups chilies that kind of stuff or in a rare case wherein we're struggling and we need to have rice and beans and some protein of some kind or some meat of some kind and some fermented veggie uh, that's that's kind of where we're that's kind of where we're um, getting into milk. We've always got milk. I mean, we just almost all, we, I, I've never opened our fridge. We don't have milk in there. We always have milk. We always have maple syrup. We always have eggs. That's kind of like that's kind of like our those are our main things. That's kind of like our our get up. There's always stuff where you're walking through the store, like whether it's fresh time or you're a new drop off it from the farm and something else will kind of be introduced. But for the most part, this is it. We almost always have honey. Mm-hmm. Right? We've almost always got honey. 
and, and basic, you know, baking stuff. You know, if people are like, well, do you keep baking powder? Yes, we keep baking powder. Mm-hmm. And, and some, some of the like old fashioned staples, we kind of keep those. But these are some of the main, I can make myself something to eat staples, right? Yeah. Because no, no one's saying like, well, I've got nutmeg. Yeah, we've, we've got that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that, that um, it's... Uh, I know that if I have eggs in the house, if I have rice and or beans, and if I have some sort of animal protein, we're like good to go. We can eat for that. Yeah, day. and some veggies. Yeah, yeah, we're like good to go. And honestly, the sauerkraut piece, like even if I don't have a fresh vegetable I can cook up, mm-hmm. having just like one to two tablespoons of sauerkraut on the plate yeah. helps kind of fill that void. Oh, yeah. And it's so freaking cheap and easy to make. Dude. I just made two quarts yesterday morning. Oh, yeah. And I just need to get in by the rhythm of making it every week so that we always have a new mm-hmm. jar coming online because we consume it. I bet you fermented leeks would be fire. Ooh, yeah. From I should ask Caitlin how she does that. Or um, Has she done fermented leeks? Oh, I'm sure. Okay. Or like a full, yeah, I mean, peppers. I'm, I really think for this winter, doing the dried meats, the fermented veggies, and then we'll just do like simple carbs, like beautiful white rice or mm-hmm. uh potato totally or you know winter squash is going to be kind of our jam and that's, those are just the rhythms we get into i think and even hearing you say that's a great transition here as we as we close out but what i want to say is is that every time elizabeth and i talk about how we can be helpful right? that's the whole purpose of this thing that we got going on here is how we can help everybody else kind of get into some rhythms. And you were talking to somebody recently that was asking you some questions, right? That helped yeah, inspire this yesterday. episode. Mm-hmm. And you know, hey, what do, what do I do? I want to I want to be better. But listen to the podcast. I've been, you know, what do I do? Yeah, she came over for coffee and was like, okay, I have three kids. I want to help equip. Uh, you know, how do you transition your family? Like, what do you buy? And it, it's small steps that you're and 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 you're really trying to you're, you're taking small steps. Right. This is what I would say. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> You're trying to get into, get on the path towards, you know, real nourishment. It's small steps. One thing at a time. You're integrating new things into your family rhythms. And when I say into your family rhythms, you got to have family rhythms. That's why we're so big about dinner. Because dinner is a rhythm that you can establish. Breakfast is a rhythm you can establish. If you know that the girls are coming down at X time and you're making a hot breakfast for them, that's now a rhythm that they have. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? They're going to come down and they are hungry because that's a rhythm that's been established. Um, I am not here for that, which is, I think, probably why I'm not eating breakfast. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just my own fault for not having that rhythm. The rhythm of I go work out and then I get, and then I get back from my run or whatever and I, I eat a huge meal is a rhythm that I have. And so having rhythms is huge, gang. So if, if you're if you're if you if you can put a, get a rhythm in place, you can start to integrate small improvements that build up. Um, I do not recommend going out and 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 buying all the stuff that I just listed on this list and saying we're gonna go you know homegrown for the weekend or for the week. <laughs> it's just not not the play. Uh, I think the play really is is to establish some family rhythms and then integrate changes into those rhythms that build up. Yeah, I, and I asked uh, my friend yesterday, I said, what are you guys cooking on a regular basis? 
and she's like, well, we love to do tacos. I was like, great. We do tacos all the time. You can do tacos in a nourishing way. There's a million different things you could do, different varieties of ground meat. They're already sourcing their meat from a local rancher, which is fantastic. You can upgrade your tortillas. I've been making homemade tortillas, which are banging. They're mm-hmm. so good. You can get an organic tortilla at the store for like two thirty nine a pack. Mm-hmm. Um, there are ways to like take things. Like I always say, start with the foods you eat the most. So if you're a huge milk consuming family and you're just drinking down all the 1% at the store and you're just like, man, I really want to take my family to the next level, look into raw dairy, look into sourcing local milk if you have affordable access to it. Um, look into like the meat you're eating. If you're, if you're eating a ton of red meat, where can you, um, source that a little bit better? Or if you're eating a ton of chicken, can you incorporate some red meat into that? So yeah, start with the foods you, you eat the most and just it build off what your family's already doing. If you're like, it's just me and I'm at home and I, I don't have any rhythms or other people, you have so much flexibility. Start today. Just yeah. Find something. And and uh, finally, we have some things to help support those rhythms. We do. Some of those things being the aforementioned. Is that a word that I could use in this place? Yeah, I think I so. never get to use that. Aforementioned? Like you already mentioned it? Exactly. Yeah. The aforementioned what's for dinner. This is something that we created for these particular rhythms. It is it is shopping lists, it is recipes, it is meal plans. It is it is just something that you can use. It's almost think of it like a workout plan. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But to help you get onto a a track for more nourishment. And when you when you buy when when you get in the game with what's for dinner, there's more that happens than just easier cooking. Mm -hmm. You're also now establishing really intentional meals because when you've spent all this time, this effort to make dinner, guess what? You want people to sit down and enjoy dinner straight up. Mm -hmm. And you want people around the table. That's going to be a healthy rhythm that you're going to start to establish within your family wherein, hey, we have have a new meal coming up. You're also going to get the family involved and more understanding, more on the same page as you with food. They're going to be thinking about food differently. Hey, fam, how do you feel about this meal? Boo, this one stinks. Why does it stink? Well, we don't like this kind of food. Cool. Cross that one off the list. What about this one? Well, this one's awesome. Let's keep that one going. And then what you do is you start you start to establish meals that you want to have on a regular basis, which then can help shape what your kind of like weekly shopping list looks like. And everything starts to get more efficient, mm-hmm. right? Kind of starting off takes the most energy. And as you kind of continue, things start to naturally select, right? Yeah. And then your v- rhythms become easier and easier and easier. You just kind of kind of, you kind of use some discipline and keep after it. So what's for dinner helps you get into those rhythms. We're bringing families together, right? What's for dinner? Awesome. Love it. We've also got some curriculum, some things that, that can help with the education portion of this and that's something I told my friend yesterday. I said, listen, getting exposing your kids to food, getting them in the kitchen, helping you chop and cook is really, really helpful. And she's got older kids. Her youngest is like 15. Um, but the education piece is important because to be honest right now, as parents, if you have a certain philosophy around food, that is this sort of like traditional way of eating, this animal-based protein, getting this good raw dairy, um, that's very countercultural. And so if you want to 
um, influence your kids in any way, you have to build context and education around the food choices. Otherwise, they're going to be seeing what their kids are eating at lunch. They're going to be seeing the plant-based this and the plant-based that. And their friends are going vegan for um, like to save the environment. And there's a narrative there that we need to tap into to say, hey, this is why they believe that. This is the other side of that coin. Um, There are ways to like ethically source food that honor the environment, the animal and the human. Let's talk about that. So it really is kind of like you want to be first to market with your kids when it comes to food and nourishment because the world's telling them a different message. So that's where the curriculum piece comes into play. We always say food education is the way to food freedom because for me growing up, food was very confusing and then it it became a tool for dysfunction. Mm -hmm. So I don't want that from kids of the next generation. No, I don't. We've yeah. also got fun. <laughs> coloring books. Got coloring books. It's fun. It's also educational. It's also supporting some awesome producers, right? We got to support producers yeah. that are making the foods that we hope to buy, right? Yeah. And we're trying to change demand. Mm-hmm. We're trying to change demand. We're trying to infiltrate the system, mm-hmm. right? Take the Paul from Pasture Bird approach and get into the system and change the system rather than trying to bring down the system. Right. I feel like there's two, there's, there's, there's this like bring down the system. It's like, what? Well, you can't just bring down the system. Yeah. Push market demand in the right direction. Push market demand in the right direction. Get your kids some coloring books. Uh, they're, they're featuring farms from across the U.S. that are doing awesome things for for uh, everything from the soil to, to nourishing our bodies. Mm-hmm. So you know, get after that. Get them some coloring books. They're awesome. Um, we got a real food guide for you as well. Not only just curriculum for your kids, but for you. And we're really trying to give you every advantage you need mm-hmm. to get into these rhythms. Little steps will take you to, to, to getting to a place where you wake up in the morning and you're like, man, we're just killing it. Mm-hmm. And you're again, again, you know, that, uh, it takes time. It's not just a, it's not just a cold Turkey sort of situation. So to use a food pun ish. Anyways, um, if you want to find all this stuff, you can find it at homegrowneducation.org. We've got those things for sale on there for you. Uh, sourdough guide is actually free. So if mm-hmm. you want to learn how to make sourdough, boom, go on there and get it for free. Comprehensive guide, yeah. This is crazy. Yeah, it's free. Go get it for free. Uh, go learn how to I make sourdough. I think it's had like 20,000 downloads so there far. There you go. Go join the masses and get it for free. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally... Um, you can find us if you want to hear more about what we have to say about life, working out, what we're eating, what we're, you know, when we're drinking our coffee, etc. on Instagram. You can find me at Joey Hazelmeyer. I talk about working out. I don't talk about it. I do it. I work out and I run. You can watch me do that. You can watch me drink coffee. Shoot a bow. You can watch me shoot my bow. Hang out with our daughters. You can see my kids and how crazy they you are. You don't really post about your work, which I think is funny because I think you have the most Instagrammable work. You know. I'm going to challenge you right now. Hi, Ray. Good morning. I'm going to sh- challenge you right now and say, like, you should be. I know you're busy at work, but a little window into Joey's work would be, I think, really interesting. We'll do a few work posts just because just you said that. Um, if you want to find Elizabeth, you can find Elizabeth at Liz Hazelmeyer. Liz Hazelmeyer? Yeah, that's my personal account. Or you can find her at homegrown underscore education. Mm hmm. And these two forms, you can find Elizabeth to hear more about what she's got going on. And um, Or if you want kid content, hop over to the, <laughs> the personal. 
And um, until next time, that's a wrap. Hi, Mama. Did you have those good sleeps? <laughs>